Hey guys, welcome to the True Blue Riffcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Dave. My name is Christine DeBell, but many of you know me as Susan from A Talking Cat. And as you know, I have to go and get my cheese puffs out of the oven. So have a great time with Jeremy and Dave. See you soon. Thanks, Christine. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am Jeremy, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, I'm Dave. I want to thank Christine for uh, for introducing the show to us. Uh, we uh, we use this service called uh, called Cameo to uh, get these people to come in and, uh, and say our names and stuff like that. Spoiler alert, they're not really our friends. <laughs> um, and uh, I was just looking at them and be like, well, who else could we get to introduce the show? Because... Uh, We've had Greg Sestero and Christine, because Jeremy usually takes care of that. It's just been those two, right? Yeah. Okay. I was looking, and uh, there's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of Rift Tracks related people on there. <laughs> so I uh, was was scouring around, and I saw some cool people like like Zordon from Power Rangers is twenty five bucks. I was like, oh, that's a steal. But recently, Carol Baskin, who we've <laughs> talked about, Carol Baskin, the, Carol Baskin. Who we've talked about on the podcast. I mean, like, that's related. It's related to the podcast, at least. And I was like, oh, let's do that. She wants $199. Nope. For, and I'm like, no. <laughs> would have been funny if I give you like 50 bucks and like, oh, hey, True Blue Riffcast, blah, blah, blah. But, lady, look, you <laughs> killed your husband. I'm not paying you $200 to introduce my podcast, okay? Nope. It's just. Ah. <laughs> How are you? I'm I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, Dave. I'm uh, I'm slightly traumatized from what? From having to watch the newest release from Rift Tracks that we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. Uh, Lichen Colony. Lichen Colony. Now, in the days preceding <sighs> this, I mean, and we'll 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 get to it. They were um, the Rift Tracks social media feeds run by our friend Peter Hunter and Kevin Murphy himself. But not Mike Nelson. He's famously not on social media anymore because, you know, screw that. He's the smartest. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the, that really is the best policy at this point. Um, but um, they were like, oh, wait, everybody. Uh, we're on Friday. There's going to be something that makes Roller Gator looks like Citizen Kane. That's like not an exact quote, but it's near. And everyone's like, oh, what could be? Because, you know, there's this anti-Roller Gator vein. This podcast, especially me in particular, very famously pro-Roller Gator. But I know there's like vast, vast amount of people out there who hate Roller Gator. And I love Roller Gator. And I'm like, well, of course there's something out there that's worse than Roller Gator. um, And uh, Bill said on Twitter – in 2015, that Roller Gator is hands down the worst thing they've ever done. And they found something something that's worse. And Jeremy, you remarked to me that it is the second worst thing you've watched all the way through, right? <laughs> yes, it is the second worst movie I've ever seen. What's the first? The Amazing Bulk. The Amazing Bulk. I despise that movie. Riff Tracks, if you're listening, don't ever do The Amazing Bulk. I don't ever want to see that movie ever no. again. <laughs> No, do not do not ever release that movie. <laughs> That'd be like watching Oblivion again. Yeah. Well, no, I'll I think it'd be way worse than watching Oblivion again. I uh, ugh, ugh. anyway. But um so <laughs> we got other things to talk about before that, I suppose. Do we? Yeah. You tell me. Well, not not before it, but we will have an interesting story after it. Uh, a story that kind of, I don't know, it's like our origin story. Yeah, well, I mean, the origin story of us being friends a little bit, yes. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. It is it is Rift Tracks related. It's... Uh, it's weird. It's 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 a very famous story, but it's also not a famous story. It 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 it, it occupies that weird space. Um, we've referenced it many times in the fact that I refuse to talk about it on the podcast, and yep. um, 
I'm finally relenting and we're going to do it. We're maybe not a deep dive, but I'm going to tell the story about what happened. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Um, I'm sure some of you have probably wondered what the heck he's going on about. Um, and a bunch of you already know what this is about. Yeah. I would say probably about half our audience knows what I, knows what we're talking about right now. And the other half is like, what are you talking about? Right. And they'll, they'll find out uh, shortly. Yeah. But first, we actually have some movie news to talk about. <gasps> yes, that's right. Why don't you go ahead and start? Because I have some movie news. Not sure if it's the same. We coordinate. This is a great show. Great way to prep. But <laughs> you do yours first. And if it's the same movie news, then I will say, oh, that's the same movie news. But if it's not. I'll wait till you're done and I'll do my movie news. Okay, go ahead. Go and go. Headlines. <laughs> so my my bit of movie news is about the long-awaited release of the live-action Mulan from Disney. Really? They are releasing the movie in theaters and on demand <sighs> on September 4th. Really? Wow. Yes. So if you want to watch it in theaters, you'll be able to go do that. Uh, Otherwise, you will be able to watch it on the new uh, Disney Plus Premier Access. How much does that cost? I mean, I have Disney Plus, but. Well, the movie itself is going to cost 30 bucks. Oh, uh, yeah. Go to the movies (laughs) for you. For you, that's not, you know, that's not a good deal. No, it's not. If it's just for me, yeah. But but for you, I'm guessing, because you have, like, what, nine kids? <laughs> no, I have three, and probably yeah. only one would be going with us to go see yeah. it in theaters. Because it is rated PG-13, so mm-hmm. it's a little more intense uh, for my younger ones. But, uh, and I know we mentioned this when we talked about uh, that other Trolls movie. Um, but, I mean, this is this is a good deal. For me, because 30 bucks when I can sit at home and watch it whenever I want and I can pause it (laughs) if, you know, we get distracted by one of the kids or somebody has to go to the bathroom or somebody wants to get a drink or something. And we don't have to pay for concessions and all that crap. Yeah, that's that, that's the big thing. I think that I think the movies themselves are probably. I mean, like I don't know. I'm just talking out of my butt right now. But I think probably the, at at the movies, like the the movies themselves are the lost leaders, probably. And where they make yeah. all their money is like every person's got to pay twenty dollars if they want to eat, <laughs> in you know, or if they want a snack. You know, it's um, yeah. It's crazy time. So I imagine concessions is probably where they make their real money. Oh, definitely. Um, Especially, I mean, they charge, you know, $6 for a large pop that costs them 30 cents. If we're going to get into this conversation about going to the movies, let's get into it. I mean, I feel like if I'm there, like I might as well just have like the whole movie experience and I don't really feel bad. Like when I'm at the concession stand, it's like, gosh, I just paid $12 for popcorn and a drink. Right. But like after I, it's usually like after or like a week later or something, or like when I'm not at the movies and you sit there and you think about it and you're like, that is, <laughs> that's a huge rip off. But I mean, they got to make their money somehow. And and you don't mind it while you're there. Because yeah, you don't really, mind it, it while you're there at all. Yeah, part of the experience. I mean, if you if you don't get like a, a snack or even just a drink, like it feels weird. Oh yeah, if I don't have one of those ridiculous, huge uh, because you know what a large is like at the movie theaters. They're yeah. huge. It's like a gallon. And um, I don't know. Do, do you ever finish your popcorn at the movies? I I always finish my drink, but I never finish my popcorn. I know. I usually like you. Usually, when I'm leaving Rift Tracks Live, I'll usually take my drink with me because the drink is always. I mean, it's always like ice down by the end of it, and you know what it's like at the you know after a really good Rift Tracks Live uh, was the last really like really really good one. I know Giant Spider Invasion was was awesome, but what was like the last one that that we left where you're just like, oh my gosh, that was just so incredibly like amazing and awesome. Um. I don't know. I kind of feel that way after all of them, but I think. Yeah, I I, I do too, pretty much. But um, I think the um, like I'm always like super amped 
so I guess I just kind of answered my own question there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, every, every one of them, but like for me, it's like, if I don't have a drink during riff tracks, like I always get super thirsty, you know, my mouth gets dry and I'm laughing so much. And it's like, I need a drink. I'm going to make a confession here. And it's kind of one of those hashtags. Sorry, not sorry things. And it kind of <laughs> goes, goes to like what a kind of like what a, what a garbage person I am at the movies. Oh, people hate going to the, like, no, people still invite me to go to the movies, but like people get so annoyed with me at the movies. They'll like, tell me to like, stop that. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> Rift Tracks Live is like the only theater experience where I like won't have my cell phone out the whole time. Because <laughs> yeah, you're just the worst, Dave. I am. It's just I, I am, dude. I behave, <laughs> dude. My theater manners are are awful. I mean, I look. I don't get on the phone. I just like to sit there and text and you know speak loudly. It's awesome. <laughs> And I don't care. Thing is, I don't care. I don't care. And that's what, and like, like I know it. And the people I go to the movies with hate that I don't like that. I think that annoys them more that they know that <laughs> I know and I don't care. <sighs> yeah. So uh, September 4th, uh, Mulan, Disney Plus, and in whatever theaters happen to be open at that point in time. Yeah. Across the country. And I, I take it since you didn't tell me that it was the same movie news, that it's not the same movie news. It's not the same movie news, but it's similar. And it's sort of from the same company? Sort of. Um, I was... Um, <laughs> I, this is a, a whole different conversation, but I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks recently, and I wanted <laughs> to listen to the audiobook of Catcher in the Rye, which is the worst book in the history of the world. <laughs> uh but like but like listening to this audiobook is so like it's 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 a whole different experience than actually reading Catcher in the Rye because the guy puts on the Holden voice. It's be like these dumbasses, it's so ironical. It's handshaking is the phoniest thing ever. That's what this audiobook sounds like. And I'm like, this man was on the cover of Time magazine. Anyway. Who but was I who got was a, reading it? I don't know, some guy. Uh, oh, just some Salinger, person. My, my guess is that Salinger doesn't want audiobooks of his stuff to exist. I mean, he's dead now, but he, you know, yeah. he was famously so. an asshole. Um, <laughs> and it shows, too. And he liked to chase underage girls, but that's a, that's a whole different thing. Um, mm. But an ad came on, and it, was for, and it was for New Mutants. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a trailer for a new movie. This is amazing. And it said, in theaters, August 28th or whatever. And I was like, what? So it's um, – but then, but, then but then I realized, oh, it's just New Mutants. And it has <laughs> – what's your face? And I, like, like the only reason I would like maybe want to go see it is because it has what's her face from Game of Thrones – and then I realized I don't care about Game of Thrones anymore anyway. Uh, it's been a year, and it's just like – that's the thing about – we've talked about on this podcast before. It's that last year we had the grand finale of uh, Star Wars sequel trilogy, uh, Marvel, and Game of Thrones. And it's yeah, kind of ended. amazing. Game of Thrones in particular, how it all just kind of like – vanished off the face of pop culture like like game of thrones like when was the last time you heard anybody talking about game of thrones or a song of ice and fire like uh like like it's it's not a thing anymore i mean at least lost kind of lingered and it's you know it's been 10 years since lost had its big finale it's been a decade that's crazy and uh oh lost is also riff tracks related because there's a riff of the um Pilot episode. The pilot episode, uh, 2007. Uh, Kevin and uh, Mike. But anyway, back to New Mutants and not Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm not going to see that. But it's um, it's um, it seems like we're kind of coming out of it a little bit. A yeah. little teeny tiny bit. I don't know. Fingers crossed. But... Um, at this point, I'm not underestimating hysteria, if that makes sense. Right. I yeah. get you. 
Um, so uh, we'll have more at the Academy Awards than Trolls World Tour, Sonic the Hedgehog, and uh, Harley Quinn slash Birds of Prey. <laughs> can, can you imagine what 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 the Oscar is going to be like in twenty twenty one? It's gonna be it's gonna be those three movies. It's gonna be yeah. It's, it's gonna not be gonna Trolls be good. World, it's gonna be Trolls World Tour, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Birds of Prey, <laughs> and like because <laughs> those are the only movies that have come out this year. Although didn't the the one where Tom Hanks was Mr. Rogers was that that was this year wasn't it? No, that was last year. That was 2019. Was it? Yeah. Oh my already, gosh. Yeah. Time. I don't know. I don't know what what time anything is anymore. I think it's. I, I think it's a combination of the coronavirus effect and also that we're old now. Yeah. And and yeah. And, and, and we and mentioned that before. Do, yeah. Time doesn't mean anything to us anymore. No. Not like it used to. No. Definitely not like it used to. Like, like, like we've said, like, Manos, the Hands of Fate, Rift Tracks Live was eight years ago. That's gross. And so was Birdemic, Rift Tracks Live. <sighs> That's gross, too. Same year. Anyway. But, uh, anyway, let's not talk about years of Rift Tracks past. No. <laughs> Distant past. As Bill would say, only the ancients of the ancients would know things that happened at Nightmare at Noon, released in 2012. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what was released last week from Rift Tracks. Yeah. Let's talk about Rift Tracks of the present. And let's dive into Lycan Colony, which was released, like Dave said, last week. It was... Uh, Friday the 7th, and it's a date that will live in infamy. Uh, you know, we, we've we mentioned a couple times on the podcast that it's going to have to take something special to truly dethrone Suburban Sasquatch mm. as the riff of the year. And if anything was going to come close... To doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Lycan Colony. Yes. I think we're prone to hyperbole on this podcast sometimes. Yes, very much so. Um, I think a lot of Just times... Just like everybody we, is. Yeah, we like to say, oh, this is this is the worst movie Rift Tracks has, has ever done. I think we said that about... I don't know if we said that about Attack of the Super Monsters. That's like definitely one of the weirder ones. Yeah. Um, but um, a lot of times we start off and be like... I don't know how to talk about this or man, we have a lot to talk about. Um, this one, I think everything about it is, is warranted. I had seen this movie before I'd heard about it from, uh, best of the worst, uh, from red letter media did a, a, uh, a spotlight episode of this movie a couple of years ago. And uh, they did that with Suburban Sasquatch as well. So a lot of people are going to know Lycan Colony from that. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of people aren't. It's kind of like our story later. Like, I think half the people are going to know about it. Half the people aren't. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen it before. I knew about, like, all the um, floating tattoos and messed up aspect ratios. And just, like, <laughs> this is not – okay, this is not really a movie, you guys. I suppose we can um, – I'll turn it over to Jeremy and he'll talk more about the plot a little bit. And I'll do my thing and I'll interrupt him every time I have something <laughs> funny to say. So, Jeremy, take us through Lycan Colony, please. Okay, so Lycan Colony. The movie starts off with a, a scene of a little boy running scared through the woods. Didn't that remind you of like the dark power? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that he's being chased by these three hunters. <laughs> and, the, you know, the little boy falls down and they're standing over him with their shotguns and whatnot. I'm sorry. And I'm laughing just thinking about this. Scene. <laughs> you start hearing some uh, some howling in the distance. And the hunter yells out, "If you want this little pup back, you know you're gonna." <laughs> because they're werewolves. Because they're werewolves, 
the little boy turns into a werewolf and attacks the guy. <sighs> and you know, for being the first the first scene in the movie, it really sets the tone for what you're gonna get uh quality wise <laughs> throughout the rest of it. Because they basically held a stuffed animal up to the guy's leg and he screamed and died. Uh man. And and then uh we get the we get the awesome title card in this. That that like, looks it, like it was done. It looks like it was done literally in Microsoft Word. Yeah. Yeah, not Microsoft Paint. Microsoft Word. Microsoft Word. Yeah. And it looks like like someone screen recorded them like rolling up like this. <laughs> oh. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so we meet uh I don't know if it's if he's the main character, I think he's supposed to be the main character, but who uh, uh, dad bod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we, we meet the, uh, the town doctor while his wife is like cutting a pepper in the kitchen and <laughs> oh, God. they call the son down the stairs Talking to his kid. and he gets, he gets halfway down the stairs and he just falls down the stairs like he just trips and just falls down the stairs and the like the dad meets him at the bottom of the stairs and makes some dumb dad joke but you're like hi i i cut into people's i'm dangerously incompetent at my job come eat dinner yeah they this is the weirdest okay this is the weirdest uh dinner (laughs) ever because the mom (laughs) clearly hates the dad's guts and it'd oh, be like, yeah. you shouldn't respect your father. Here's why. He lobotomized the guy. And yeah, he showed while, up drunk. She, yeah. And they still have to do cut brain surgery. Yeah. And then, <laughs> doesn't she, like, cut her hand? Yeah, she cuts her finger. Yeah. And it's it's a very... It looks a lot like uh, like it, from an infomercial. It's yeah, it's it's cutting really peppers bad. just too hard. There's got to be a better way. Like that's what it looks like. And uh, she's going off the whole time about how incompetent and terrible her husband is. And he's and right there. He's, if I was, if, yeah. I, if I was, I was like, honey, I'm right here. Oh, she would have just been like, I know, I see you. Like, like uh, you suck. I hate everything you stand for. Then why are you cooking me dinner, you harpy? <laughs> you know, it's like. I, I, She's mad that they're in this little town that instead of the big city and their nice house that they used to have and all this stuff. And she yells at the husband to uh, take the garbage out because it's overflowing. Garbage day. Yeah. Oh no no garbage night. Garbage the, night. Uh, actual the actual That's riff. The actual riff. Who's that, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. And so the dad takes out the garbage and. Uh, this guy comes up behind him and scares him. And it turns out it's his sponsor for AA. And he hasn't gone to a meeting in a while. And he's like, no, you got to come to the meeting tonight. Remember, uh, we if you don't, you. I'm not going to be your sponsor anymore. Yeah, that's like, good. So, I don't want you to be my sponsor, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> so they they go to the AA meeting where there's some poor attempts at humor. Um with a whole, uh, oh, must be something in the water. And then it shows literally every person in the meeting taking a drink out of their cup, which does actually come into play story-wise a little bit later. Uh, and it's so it's not just a dumb joke. It's it's just a dumb uh, uh, plot point. Like hard, 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 hard. It's stupid yeah. screenwriting. Yeah. Yeah. So they leave, they leave the AA meeting, and uh, his sponsor says, I'm going to take you to... Uh, to get a cup of coffee. Let's go get a cup of coffee and talk. And at this bar. <laughs> it's at a bar, yeah. And we have the, uh, what do they call them? The worst Hooters waitress ever. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, what is that guy? Was that Zev? Was that the guy's name? I don't, it's I don't really, know. It's this really, really it's, creepy. It's really stupid. It's, 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 it's stupid name roulette is what it is. Yeah, I think one of the guys' names is like Dave or Doug or something. And uh another guy's name is like Sephiroth or something. If it is. <laughs> yeah, it's there's some normal names and some really dumb names. But uh they they order their coffee and 
the guy's sponsor mentions that they have some really great steaks there. And so uh, Dr. Dan is like, yeah, I wish I could eat a steak. My wife's got me eating all healthy now. So what do they do? They order steaks. And this other couple of people comes in. They're not a couple. They're brother and sister. But uh, they come into the bar and they're looking for their dad. And uh, <laughs> the the waiter comes up all creepy like and. Uh, the the girl asks him how the uh, the pork tenderloin is. Mmm, tender. As he yeah. like leans in, like yeah, he's gonna yeah, like yeah, smell yeah, her yeah. hair or something. Yeah, and uh, this this is where we get the uh, the floating CGI tattoo that yes. Dave mentioned a couple minutes ago on the back of the the guy's neck, and Doctor Drunk recognizes it because he used to be a military doctor. And it just so happens that he was at the same base that their dad was in, who was the hunter from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, um, and so they all, they, they all get together and they all start drinking and, uh, yeah. and they had some weird, they had some weird instructor man, uh, where they had this, uh, gold watch that was like inscribed be like, Oh, this is like, this is like his catchphrase. They say his catchphrase. Yeah. And they'll be like, gosh, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And the waiter has like a watch or something. With yeah, that he's got inscribed. a little gold watch. Yeah, with that, it, like, like with that, like literally, like two seconds later, comes up. He has this watch that has that stuff inscribed on it. And they're like, "Where'd you get this? Where'd watch? you get that? That was my dad's watch. I yeah. found it." And so they grab him, and then we get. The best line in the whole movie. I I think this probably defines the movie in on on a couple of ways because it describes number one. It obviously the obvious joke is that it describes what the movie is, but <laughs> um, it's also the one thing that everybody is going to remember clearly from the movie. It's mistake. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's quite a line. Um, they they start fighting the guy. And then this is where things get really bizarro because like the doctor tries to hide somewhere. Like they chase the guy off into the back and uh, he's like, yeah, where do you think all that good meat you're eating comes from? <laughs> and they, they ate their dad <sighs> basically is the thing. They open the cooler. It's full of body parts and they see their dad's head in there and, they go to beat the guy up and like literally all hell breaks loose. Like these other werewolves show up. There's like a whole nother bar upstairs from the bar or something. <clears throat> and like, it's just, it's so confusing what's actually happening. Meanwhile, <laughs> we have uh, Dr. Drunk's son who's sitting up in his room, listening yeah, to a, his music and he has a his girlfriend. He's strumming his guitar and somebody starts throwing pebbles at his window. And it's the girl that lives next door. And she just wanted to come over and introduce herself. Yeah. And then she starts like, like really coming onto him strong. And I'm like, Oh boy, this better not be one of those movies. And, uh, thankfully she says she was just messing with them and let's get out of here. And they, they sneak off out of the house and they like run by the the place where the AA meeting was before the dad goes in and they just, you know, happen to just miss each other. And they go playing and running around a graveyard where it sounds like there's more than two people running around. And there's like constant laughing through this whole scene <laughs> that really kind of reminded me of the guitar noodling from Roller Gator uh-huh. uh, in a weird way. And. Then there was also dialogue from supposedly the two characters, but it was over the laughter. So it was, again, just really confusing to tell what was actually happening. Uh, They end up on the ground together in front of some big uh, gravestone and they start making out and she bites the teen in the chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, she bites him right in the chest. Yeah, that's it's that's kind of a. And he's like, like, ah, what happened? 
Like, and she's she like, sorry, you. I got too excited. And he's just like, oh, I guess we should probably go home now. Like, the guy sounds like he's on. Yeah, he's just like, oh, kind of puts a damper on things, I guess. Like, yeah, should, I don't know. Kind of like, kind of get, get, maybe I should get a tetanus shot or something since you're like a werewolf. I don't know. You gonna go run around in a in a lumber yard or something? Uh, it's the movie doesn't get any better from here because uh, I I don't want to give quite everything away with this. Yeah, uh, because some of yeah, the stuff in here is best experienced. But I want to talk about the uh, the the big confrontation scene. And just where it takes place and how they filmed it. Because it's supposed to take place in the woods. They start off actually in the woods. So either they ran out of daylight and had to stop filming what they had. Or -hmm. they just had to do reshoots. And instead of going back to the woods, they did it in front of a green screen with... (laughs) video just b-roll of of some woods and they're like rolling around in front of this green screen and it's just so just hilariously terrible well i think that like Like, um, you you were just at the woods you're in the woods again why i think that that is it's it's like trying to watch uh samurai cop where you know after they got done filming uh he shaved there. He cut his hair and then they needed to reshoot. So then he had to put a wig on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's part of the larger problem in the movie. And that's just one of the more, um, aggressive, let's say examples of just how incompetently this, this movie was, <laughs> was, was, was put together because I think, in addition to the story and the performances just being awful, the production, I mean, particularly, particularly like the editing of this movie is to say it's bad is not good enough. I would say abysmal. It's um, like, like they, they, they mentioned this a few times in the riff the aspect ratio keeps changing. Like it, um, everybody it's <laughs> like, like, like the cuts make no sense. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, like it's not just something you would notice if you're an editing nerd. It really is like visually dude, just go get like in colony and, 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 and see this and you'll see <laughs> why everybody riff tracks is saying, this is literally the worst movie we, we we've ever done i mean at least with at least with roller gator you get some coherency yeah it's way more coherent than this i think everyone's big problem with roller gator is wait when you break it down i think everyone's big problem with roller gator is the acoustic guitar basically yeah i think yeah uh like 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 that's every like that did that doesn't really bother me now I'm not saying Roller Gator is a good movie, but, but it, it it's it's charming. <laughs> it has lots of personality. I love it. It has really great fun characters. It's it's super fun to watch. Lycan Colony is not. I kind of don't want to say this, but it's it's the truth because. But I also don't want to say it because I don't want people to not buy it because it's it, it, okay. Look, it's not fun to watch. You sit there and you watch it and it's just like train wreck from start to finish. The reason you're watching it is because you're just so enthralled at just that like you're just enthralled at how incompetent and bad. Like like how can a yeah. movie be this bad? Okay, let's say roller gator. Roller gator not roller gator, I'm sorry. Birdemic. <laughs> Hands down, like James Wen is far more competent with everything he does than uh the maker of lichen colony is that fair to say it's fair to say but how hard was that to say because <laughs> how hard is it was it to say for me <laughs> yeah well i mean it's 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 not really that hard 
at all like okay when you look at it objectively and i guess we can use this as kind of like a segue we're not done talking about lichen colony but oh no we'll come back to that yeah it's it's kind of, we can use this as kind of like reference to the story we're going to talk about a little uh a little later it's not hard for me to like swallow my pride and say okay james went better than this guy because it's just obvious that james went is better than this guy you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all to state real facts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, you know, objectively, you put Birdemic up there, you put Lycan Colony up there, one against the other, which is better and which direct, which director, editor, whatever guy did a better job. James Wen did a better job at everything yeah. than what this guy yeah. did at Lycan Colony. He just did. Birdemic is fact. definitely... Yeah, it's objectively a better movie than Lycan Colony. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's a good movie. It's objectively better than Lycan Colony. I don't know if Lycan Colony really is a movie. I don't know, man. We were I I would I would say I had this idea of like I would like scroll through the list of official riff tracks on riffwiki.net. <laughs> it's like, okay, which is okay, like which is worse, Roller Gator or uh or Lycan Colony. Lycan Colony. I can't think of anything that could be on this list of almost 500 movies that would be yeah. worse than Lycan Colony. A Talking Cat? Yeah. Better than Lycan Colony. No. Yes, definitely. Everything. Everything would be better than Lycan Colony. And no matter what, what riff you brought up, it would be better than Lycan okay, Colony. Okay, look. I'll just, I'll just stop and we'll just, just stop at one randomly here. Fever Lake, better, yeah, than, better than Lycan Colony. Colony. Well, Fever Lake actually has really, really good production value, so that's a kind of a, a bad example. <laughs> uh, not to say that Fever Colony's Fever Fever Colony. Not to say that Fever Lake is good. Curse of Bigfoot, uh, better yeah, than Lycan yeah, Colony. Better than Lycan Colony. Yeah, I was just like, I almost said, eh, like, no, better than Lycan Colony. Uh, yeah, it's. So this, like this colony. The the first movie that uh, the director directed. He's actually currently making another movie that sounds terrible. What's it called? Uh, Lycan Colony. It's the colony ninging. I don't know. Damaged disciples. It's about an. It, oh, I'll just no. give you the first, the first little bit of. I heard of the title. This, this it's about an anal retentive atheist social worker. <laughs> that's that. That's all I need to say. So wait, so is it like a Christian movie or a not Christian movie? Could be either. Well, he stumbles upon a society of angels and demons blending in with humans, and he has to help. Uh, but what side will he take, good or evil? He says he's an atheist. He'd be like, "Okay, I'm out. See ya. I gotta go. I gotta go be a dickhead on Facebook. I don't believe in any of you. So peace. I, I like my lack of belief defines me, and you're all definitely gonna hear about it. <laughs> now, uh, it's funny because the uh, one of the actresses in the movie, uh, the one who plays the mom. And I'm gonna try and say her name, and it's really gonna come out wrong. Um, Cad Rolsha. What? That's her first name. K a d r o l s h a. Her parents and were her hippies. last name is her last name is Carol. So Cad okay, Rolsha, so Carol, Carol, Carol Baskin. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, she has has actually been in quite a few movies, uh, usually just little you know bit parts, waitress and businesswoman and uh, stuff like that. But she was in uh, the Rise of Skywalker as a stormtrooper. No, what she was in? Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, she was in uh, Game of Thrones. She was as, as one of the winter town women and a North woman rider. She yeah. was in Captain Marvel as a shield agent. 
She was in uh, a couple of the John Wick movies. She was an assassin in John Wick too. This is the mother. Yeah, the the the, the one who said your your dad's a damaged brain damaged drunk. Yep. Yeah, she was wow. a reporter on Friday Night Lights. She was in Spider Man Three. This is some big stuff. She was a she was a teen girl at Beach in Jaws. Really? Yeah. And she was a homeless woman in Independence Day. And she was in Lycan Colony. So that wipes all of that out. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, this, there's just so much about this movie. The, the soundtrack to this movie, it's like it's like they hired uh, your neighbor's kid's band to play to play their garage rock for the movie. That's that's the soundtrack. That's most of it yeah. anyway. This little light of mine. Or however that song goes <laughs> over the credits. Uh, it's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible movie, but it is a great riff. It is a great I, riff. You'll have I great had time. to stop and rewind a couple times because I was laughing so hard that I missed the next joke or two that they that they said. And they they did one of our favorite things in this. They left in a lot of uh, the reactions from the guys. Yes, to that's... the movie and to the other jokes, and like you really felt like you're watching it and experiencing this movie with them. I really hope they keep doing that. I really, really yes. do hope they keep doing that. It it adds so much to it. I mean, it's like okay, I I prefer the live shows the most because you get the audience energy the the jokes the riffs where they leave in the reactions from the guys to the movie that's yeah. my second favorite yeah that's style that's, yeah I, I i hope they keep doing more of that because like when it's not there you miss it yeah yeah uh, we and we need all the laughter we can get these days hashtag 2020 what's august gonna bring us <laughs> Oh man, I don't know about what August the twenty twenty is going to bring us, but I know what happened four years ago, Dave. Oh geez, yeah. So I guess we're going to talk about this. You are are kind of known for a uh, series of uh, books that you've made. Yes, um, I uh, five years ago I came up with the idea to do to draw my own uh, parodies of. Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks movies, and later became just Rift Tracks movies. I've done four volumes of them. It's called Mystery Science Storybook, Bedtime Tales Based on the Worst Movies Ever. Um, and they were featured at Rift Tracks Live in the digital goodies uh, for years. Um, and uh, it was great fun. And one of the uh, movies that I parodied in volume one, this was five years ago now, it was a parody called Attack of the Birds, a parody of Birdemic Shock and Terror. Um, and it was a good one. It has a lot of really great art in it, and it has a lot of uh, – it has one of my favorite um, – has one of my favorite yeah. uh, storybook jokes in it where uh, they're fighting the birds, and uh, Natalie says to Rod, it's like, oh, no, what do we do now? And Rod says, oh, let's go talk to Dr. Jones. He lives in the Redwoods not far from here. Then Natalie says, how will that help us? Then Rod says, who am I, the answer man? Let's just go. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, um, I find that quite amusing. Here I am telling you what my favorite jokes and my own stuff is. But, um, <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it wasn't, now these parodies, they're only, they're only 12 pages long and there's 12 of them. So it's 144 pages. Gross. Of, like there's Manos in there. There's a crossover of Harry Potter and, uh, and uh, a, a crossover of Harry Potter and Twilight. There's the room. Uh, there's just like a whole bunch of stuff in there. Sorry, I had to throw in that math joke. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, so it had been the volume one had been out for about a year and a half, and um, I was getting ready to go to Rift Tracks Live Mothra. I mean, this is related. I know I like to give Jeremy a hard time about that. Uh, I make that joke all the time on this podcast <laughs> that I've been to Rift Tracks Live and Jeremy hasn't, but it's actually super relevant now. It's it is. That, it, it, 
it's 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 literally part of the story. Um, I'm getting ready to go to Rift Tracks Live Nashville, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting at my computer in my living room, and I suddenly get this email, like James Wen has sent you a uh, a message request on Facebook, and I was like, what? So I go, let me, let me bring it up. I have this screen grab saved for all time. Um, And this, and this happened on August 17th. Yeah. Yeah. This happened. This happened in 2016. This happened on, um, it says here 7.55 PM. So it was pretty early ish in the evening. Cause I stayed up arguing with him for, but okay. I'm getting ahead of the story. It says, James Wen, dear Mr. David Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. And I'm like, oh, he knows my name. He knows both my names. Dear Mr. Chadwick, by publishing, quote, Attack of the Birds chapter in your, quote, Mystery Science Storybook, you are committing copyright infringement. Exclamation point. Exclamation point, comma, fraud and misrepresentation. We demand that you immediately cease and desist. He spells ceased. C-E-A-S-T. Ceased. Not cease. Ceased. Ceased and desist from further. Now, if he had spelled it, he spells it that way throughout all our, um, throughout all the, uh, I'm just going to read this, but, um, because I, I went and I was just like talking to him. But anyway, okay, I'm going to finish reading this. We demand that you immediately cease and desist from further distribution of your mystery science storybook that contained the unauthorized chapter, Attack of the Birds, close quote, exclamation point. From, <laughs> from today, August T7, I don't know what that's about. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice it wasn't a one. 2016, we are giving you 15 business days to comply to cease and desist, he says that again, (laughs) from further distribution of your mystery science storybook. If you do not comply, we will file a $10 million lawsuit against you for copyright infringement. Sincerely, movie, it's signed the company Movie Head Pictures. Sincerely, Movie Head Pictures, 7114 Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood, California, 90046. Okay, that is a mailboxes ink. We Google Earthed it. Now, when I get this, I get this, and I'm like, okay, this is obviously some kind of hilarious joke, right? I thought that because I, because I was going to Rift Tracks Live, as I said, I was getting on a plane in like six hours. Yeah. And I thought it was Connor Lestoka and Sean Thomason pulling a prank on me because right here is like, like when I saw this, when I saw a $10 million lawsuit, I was like, okay, Rift Tracks is pulling a prank on me. Right. And uh, so I write back, like just to cover my butt, I was like, uh, this is fair use. And I'll just summarize because we had a long interaction, to say the least. Uh, and he's just sitting there, just threatening me, haranguing me. And after a while, I'm like, "Okay, this really isn't riff tracks. This is really James Wood. I'm really talking to an insane person here, who thinks that I've wronged him somehow." So after a while, it just becomes abusive on his part, and I just like, "Okay, I'm ignoring him." Right. The next day, like, like it wouldn't stop. Like he kept sending me all these threats all the way through. Like I'm basically fighting him while I'm traveling to Nashville. Okay. And by the time I get to Nashville, he has filed a, a, um, a DMCA, a digital millennium copyright act complaint against me on Amazon. And Amazon is is forced to take the book down. Now, also keep in mind at the time I was in the middle of a little bit of a promo blitz because I was trying to, um, like, uh, I had experienced 
a little bit, not a lot, but probably the most success of any, because I had written prose novels and stuff before that, never really went anywhere. This is like the first thing that I had done creatively that got a lot of attention, that actually sold a lot of not just physical copies, and uh, but digital copies. And I wasn't making a lot of money, but it was starting to make a profit. So I was trying to doing a little bit of a of, of a promo blitz. And I think that's like the day before this happened was when I uh, released a graphic that said uh, Birdemic Shock and Terror, a parody, because I was publishing the graphics for each parody one day by day. And uh, I think that's how he saw it because I put hashtag Birdemic on Twitter and that's how he saw it. Yeah. So like the next day this happened. So that's how he found out about it. Um, even though this had been a big deal, you know, within the um, Misty fandom, sort of, because like I'll still get people who have no idea that this happened. I was trying to build on this and eventually I wanted to turn it into kind of like my own thing. Um, but for the time being, I was just kind of like milking the fan base. I mean, I, I don't know how bad that makes me sound, but just like, <laughs> but like, I was just like, okay, I'm going to keep giving the people I know that are fans of the series. I'm going to give them like more of what they want. And actually, the comic for the uh, Rift Tracks Live Mothra was the digital goodies that night. Uh, it was a crossover between Mothra and Crater Lake Monster called Crater Lake Mothra. Um, so anyway, I'm also in the middle of that big kind of like promo social media blitz to raise awareness of Storybook. And by the time I get to Nashville, I land in Nashville and uh, the book's been taken down. Like it's now the digital millennium copyright act was uh, designed for piracy, kind of like putting movies and stuff up on YouTube. Yeah. It wasn't intended to censor parody. Uh, parody is protected speech by law, which is what mystery science storybook is. James Wen is the first creator that i have encountered and i've encountered many of them I, uh david giancola who's been on our show uh rick sloan greg sestero from uh from the room like everybody who is aware of that they've appeared in storybook has been nothing but enthusiastic and supportive of it james wen was the first to throw a bitch fit and um, he basically killed the brand. Yeah, because I'd lost all the momentum. I had lost all. I lost all the Amazon presence that I had. And at the time, I was just like, "I'm going to fight this." And I put this big thing up on, like, updating everybody on my website and on social media. It's like, "This is what's going on. Take a stand against censorship." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it was at this point that I contacted you about it. Yeah, because I, you know, I was following uh, the whole Sugar Ray Dodge thing on, on Facebook <clears throat> and I saw that. So I, I know I sent you a message about it and yeah. you filled me in. You gave me all the information and I actually put up a uh, post about it on uh, my being awesome, which I which I very much appreciated, which was, you know, um, and that's the thing Um Reaction to it was mixed. Like my immediate fan base were very supportive. The creators, you know, David Giancola and Rick Sloan were yeah. both extremely outspoken on the subject. They're like, this is bullshit what's happening to Dave. Um, over on places like Reddit, not so much. The cesspool? Yeah, the, the, that, that, it um it was like it was it was this really kind of like mixed bag and uh you also got to understand that i had spent like storybook at this point in my life is basically the number one thing in my in my life it's 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 what i'm doing it's what i at that point had been spending a year and a half 
doing. It took four months of like 14 hour days just to create volume one. And it was, it was my life. Um, and it had just been taken down. It had just been yanked down, taken away from me unjustly. Yeah. And the way the DMCA is structured, Amazon didn't want to hear from me. They like, they refused to talk to me about it. They're like, they're required by law through the DMCA. Uh, James went, can punch a button and no investigation, anything, no appeals. Well, you can appeal, but I would have had to gone to court to appeal. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if this person wants me to say his name. So we'll just say somebody, quite a lot of uh, Misty's and Rift Tracks fans would know. You, If I said this name, you would know who it was. You'd be like, oh, really? Hooked me up with a lawyer. <laughs> and this lawyer wanted me, basically this lawyer wanted me to pay him. Like I got on the phone, I was talking to this lawyer. Now, um... I'm making some money from Storybook, but not a lot. And certainly not enough to send him a 500, say James, send James Wen a non-binding $500 cease and desist uh, letter. Yeah. I don't like, like I'm not, I don't have that kind of, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's just the reality of the situation. I don't have $500 to send James Wen a real cease and desist. I don't have a mechanism through which I can defend myself except through the court system. Right. But what good is 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 that going to do? The damage has already been done. My stuff has already been taken down off of off of Amazon. My presence has been completely wiped out. So I I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, James Wen won. He killed that brand. He did exactly what he set out to do. Yeah, and uh, and I I had no I had no recourse. Like he got to push a button and not really be believed, but like the robot. Like I doubt that there was a human being. Like I got some nasty letters from Amazon telling me that like I was this big bad copyright infringer, and that if I did it again, they made me be like, now if you sign this. And your other, like, like the original version of Storybook that had, like, all the sales associated with other Mystery Science Theater 3000 merchandise and all that stuff, everything that had populated on my Amazon author page was gone. Like, my, like they associated me with, like, Mike Nelson, Kevin Murphy, Connor Lestoka, Bill Corbett, and Greg Sestero. Like, all this stuff. And all this stuff on Amazon was they were driving people to like the algorithm was driving people to storybook and like my author page and, and this stuff. And I was appearing, go to like stuff on Amazon also recommended sugar Ray Dodge mystery science storybook and like all my other things. I was like, wow, this is great. Like all my hard work's finally paying off and then not, it was awful. And I know one of the big things on, um, on Reddit, was that like, you know, people were criticizing my art saying that it looks like, you know, clip art and stuff. And that right. I was just, that I was just mooching off one of the big things that people like to like the critics of me during that time was that, um, I was mooching off the hard work of others that I was just trying to cash in. I was trying to, I was creating a product that people would want to buy. And it was, it was, it was legal nobody had a problem with what I was doing. Right. It's hard to articulate. I love Rift Tracks. I love Mike Nelson, Kevin Murphy, and Bill Corbett. Like that organization, Rift Tracks, is a huge part of who I am. Being a Rift Tracks fan used to 100% identify who I was. Yeah. Uh, it still does maybe not 100% anymore because I'm doing some other things and some of those other things are probably not coming back. <laughs> But it's definitely still a huge, huge part of who I am. When I first started it, I contacted Rift Tracks. I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, hey, cool, awesome. And then they asked, hey, can we feature this in you know, uh, the digital goodies for Rift Tracks Live? And I was like, F yeah. <laughs> so that was a really, really cool thing to be a part of. And when that got taken away, it was really hard. And then to hear other Rift Tracks fans 
make these comments about me that it was it was it was hard it was really it was really really rough to you know like you know how how they say don't read the comments i did i had to (laughs) it was it was bad um and also one of the things that i learned um is that you know outside i brought it up earlier outside my initial fan base when people are getting censored, like, you know, how uh, there's that old saying that be like, oh, just censor somebody. That's the best publicity you can give them. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that's not true. It's not true. It's not true at all. Like, I was like, hey, guys, I'm being censored. No one cared. Nobody gave a <laughs> shit. It was like this awful thing is happening to me. And I can't get, I mean, like, for the coverage that I got, I'm glad that I got it, but it wasn't enough to to win. I lost. I lost too much ground after that. James Wen, I mean, like I did two more volumes after that. Volumes one and two were out at that time. I was working on volume three. Yeah. But by that point, the damage was done, and I started volume four, and I still need to uh, send out the uh, Kickstarter and pre-orders for that. It's coming, guys. Don't worry. I haven't forgot about it. <laughs> It's 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 a thing with the printing and it's also it's also one of the big reasons why I've decided not to do comics anymore. Number one uh number one it's got to be this is the reason that the brand just just died and I have to move on to other things. Yeah. You know, um so and another thing is that comics full besides this the number one problem storybook had was that it's just really 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 expensive and um printing full color comics is not like just printing regular prose um (laughs) not just from a not 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 just from a price standpoint but from a printing standpoint i ran into all kinds of problems i didn't anticipate and would like continue to run into over the next five years so the storybook series, you know, it's out there. You can get it on Amazon, but there's not going to be. Uh, I haven't announced. I guess I'll announce it here. Uh, volume four is more than likely the last volume of Mystery Science Storybook. Um, I've decided that um, with all the problems that were brought on by it, not only from uh, the production standpoint and how just how long it takes to make these books and uh the expense and production problems but also the fact that just james one killed it he murdered it i don't know how many times i can say that but i have to move on and i'm working on another project that's not pro wrestling (laughs) um i don't want to say too much about it now but it is i am returning to pros pros work uh, and it's refreshing because I don't have to raise thousands and thousands of dollars just to justify working on it. Right. And also, you know, the property is 100% mine. Nobody can justly – anyway, well, James Wen didn't justly take down Mystery <laughs> Science Storybook. Yeah. With this one, the project I'm working on now removes that. Like it, there's no, there's no intellectual property reason justified or not that anybody's going to go have to go abuse the DMCA to take my work down. So like those two things, the expense of it and the fact that I own this completely, um, it's, uh, it's like, it's a very refreshing kind of situation to be in after being in that world uh, that other world for so long. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the story of, um, of that's the ri- That is the rise and fall of, of, of mystery science storybook <laughs> right there. And it's all thanks to our friend James. Yes. Wen. Thanks James. Yeah. So that's a bummer of a way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we do, we do have, uh, one thing um kind of to mention that that'll kind of 
end it on a slightly higher note. Uh, we are going to have a very special guest joining us uh, within an episode or two. And I'm not going to say any names just in case, you know, something happens and, and yes, you it's, can't work anything out. It's but quite it's quite big, ladies and gentlemen. I know is, I, I know of who, he, who he refers and you definitely want to be around for the next episode. Yes. And uh, members of our Patreon will find out who it is. Uh, this, the week that we record the episode, they'll find out who it is. So uh, if you want to get that little tidbit of information, um, go over to patreon.com slash true blue riff cast, and you can uh, throw a couple bucks a month at the uh, podcast and support us. And you can get uh, some fun little things like some bloopers and stuff that I have to remove. Dave saying uh, the F word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not stuff like that. It's never any of the real nasty stuff. Um, maybe the last <laughs> one that I put was, was kind of pushing it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you get stuff like that. Upcoming shows, uh, behind the scenes stuff. You get to vote on stuff that we talk about. I was going to have a vote up uh, last week for this week's episode. Uh, but with work and everything being crazy, it's just. I yeah, wasn't I don't worry about around it. To yeah. It. So, we will uh, we we will get back to to the listener polls after our special guest. Yes, after our next special guest, uh, and maybe after our next special guest after that, um, <laughs> just because they might be pretty close together. So yeah, right. Patreon.com/slash True Blue Riffcast. If you uh, if you want to support us in any way, uh, you can do that there i'm jeremy you can send me emails jeremy at true blue riffcast you can find me on twitter at pb and awesome you can also follow the podcast at tb riffcast and i'm dave chadrick aka sugar Ray dots check me out on the web at sugar send me emails at dave at true blue riffcast.com i got it right that time yay he didn't have to do it multiple times <laughs> And that's going to do it for this week's episode. We will see you guys next time on the True Blue Riffcast. Rock till you die. <laughs>